Welcome to Gardening Talk back for the very last time for 2023. Judy Sharp with us once again. How are you doing, Judy? I'm okay. Okay. Oh, it sounds sad the very last time, doesn't it? Oh, there's always next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be back again next year. Hopefully. What do you got for us today, Judy? Well, last week we didn't finish off our, all our um, things we needed to discuss about Christmas. Right. Uh, living Christmas trees. Now, a lot of people do buy a living Christmas tree, Greg, uh, and they need to have a saucer underneath them mm-hmm. so they're watering inside. Okay, right. Yeah. You can't just plop them in. You and... can't leave them in there for four weeks or whatever it is. Uh, and then after um, after Christmas is over, which isn't long away, is it, uh, mm. you don't throw that living Christmas tree straight out into the sun. I've of seen course. that happen so often. Because it's going to get absolutely smashed, isn't it? But of course it is, yes. So you put it out into the shade, uh, you give it a good water, and you hose off any of the um, decorations you've stuck all over the poor little thing. Hose them off? Surely you can just take them off. You don't need the hose. Well, no, because, you know, um, uh, what's, uh, um, you know, the silver stuff. Oh, tinsel. Tinsel. Yep. That tends to stick to their little... Oh, right. Yeah, so, yeah. So you just hose them gently down. Gently, I said. (laughs) I don't don't (laughs) want them to go out and flood them. Um, and then gradually ease them out into the full sun. Uh, now, when I say gradually, I mean if we had a 45-degree day, we wouldn't put it out, would we? No. We'd leave not. it in the shade, right. leave it still in the shade. Uh, but um, now continuing with Christmas, I mean, you get a bit bored after a while about Christmas, don't you? Well, especially after Christmas, but <laughs> plenty to look forward to at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, everyone talks about Christmas, and um, uh, which I need to do, obviously. Now, nurseries and florists will have many temptations to uh, give you to take home a festive feeling, red poinsettias, and bunches of New South Wales Christmas tree. I love it. That's Have a... you ever bought some for your mum? No, I haven't. It's the luckiest thing you can do. And uh, <laughs> hint, hint, <laughs> hint, hint, my family. <laughs> no, okay, right. It's the luckiest, the luckiest thing you can, uh, you yeah. can get. I, lo- I love a bunch of red Christmas bush. So hint, hint. Okay. <laughs> but we'll go on and... F- We've got more notes, so we can go on and more things to talk about. Right, it's Gardening Talk back on to when you are FM. We've got Kevin from Tanambits, and he's got a bit of an issue with glass at the moment, eating his lawn. Morning, afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, Greg's all right. I just haven't cracked the whip over him yet, Kevin. <laughs> but I will. Don't you worry, because it's the last day. Oh, I'm not even going to comment about the whip and women. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to keep up with the pace on this radio station, haven't you? And, you know, sometimes he gets a bit slack, so I just, um, you know, whoop across the counter. <laughs> but now, why are the galahs eating your lawn? I'm a bit of a lawn lover, lawn freak, and I care for my lawn pretty much. Right. And... Uh, it's been going on for a while and to the point now I've got to get up. I get up at six and I stay up 
till about 9.30 and then in the afternoon about half past five they come back again for their evening meal and they literally, they have been tearing it apart uh, but I, I'm sure I'm away at the moment but I'm getting sick, I'm getting sick of doing that. Now Kevin, so, what kind of lawn have you got? Um, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know uh, because I bought a uh, a new home that was all set up Right. Um, and I, it, it's not Kaikuya or Buffalo or anything like that, but they just love it. Um, and I'm just trying to find out if there's a spray or something you can put on it to uh, make it sour or whatever, but, yeah. Oh, why don't we do something better than that? Have you thought about actually putting some bowls of seed out for them? Uh, no. That'd be no. nice. <laughs> what? Well, well, uh, yeah, okay then. <laughs> well, look, I'm I'm loath to think what you could do to discourage them. Um, I've never really heard of galahs eating the grass. You it must. Well, they, they're literally pulling it out, and they must be eating something in the root system. Or ah, radio. So you might have uh, cockshafer grubs in there, or even earthworms. First one, cockshafers. Cockshafers. Remember, they're white with a little black head. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any, but anyway. Right. But tell me, so do you get little uh, lumps and bumps in the lawn? Uh, no. Right. I, I mow I, my lawn while I, I feed it regularly and water it regularly, and I mow it about every four or five days. Oh, you're keen. Um, would you like to come over to Merriweather and visit me? <laughs> Mine is desperate to be mown. But, I used um, to live in Merriweather, so anyway, yeah. Uh, May as well duck look, into Beresfield as well, wait for you on the Merriweather. <laughs> look, I mean, I've been thinking about ripping it out and putting Kaikuya in because I like Kaikuya, but the cost is going to be pretty horrendous. Oh, yes. Any- no, I wouldn't do that. I think there might be some other way of deterring them, even, as I said, if you put out little bowls of seed or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, there will be a product you could spray, uh, but, you know, galahs might be, might be resistant to anything I could suggest. Uh, obviously, there's something under the lawn, and it could be crickets, it could be, you know, earthworms, because we've had a lot of rain, and that chases the earthworms into the lawn from the gardens. Oh, okay then. Yeah, so maybe just dig around one section and see if you can see anything under there. Um, yep. And um, just maybe put a couple of bowls of seed out and see if you can deter them from eating the lawn. Okay then, right you are. I, I, I was a bit doubtful whether there was going to be anything, but I thought if I don't ask, I don't get told. So. No, that's right, but... Kevin, give us a ring back, will you, after Christmas and let us know what's happened. But I'm tempted, being tempted to think that there are earthworms under there. Right, OK. Or something then. like that that are what, making them eat the lawn. OK, then. Well, thank you kindly. And okay, you have a Kevin. good Christmas. Much and appreciated. You, you have a lovely one too, and I hope that solves your problem. Thank you very much, Kevin. We've got Bobby now from Newcastle. He's got a question about Christmas bells. Oh, hello, Bobby. What can I help you with? Oh, hi. Um, good day, Greg. 
when I was younger, I every Christmas used to go with my uncle and get trailloads of Christmas bush and Christmas bells mm. from off his property and out the back of Burrell, Durban, Stroud. But they're not there. They're gone. Well, maybe you've dug too many out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas uh, yeah. bells aren't easy to grow and you don't see them very... You d Once you saw them by the side of the road... Yeah, but yeah. not anymore, no. And no, uh, we we didn't dig them out. We just cut them and bunched them and brought them down um, to Newcastle. Yeah, and, and sold, and them. sold them. Yeah, yeah. I got a feeling it might be um, illegal to um, <laughs> cut Christmas bells. I'm sure well, they're a protected <laughs> plant. <laughs> well, you don't see any now to be able to cut. No, you That's don't. Um, you don't. Uh, they used to be prolific up there. Um, I know they cleared a lot of ground and that destroyed a lot of them, but they just seem to fade out over the years. And I noticed um, going up City Road the other day, you know, you've seen those ones that are really a weed, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them popping up and I keep thinking, oh, well, Christmas bells, but they're not really... Um, nah. Uh, unfortunately, and and you don't really see them marketed either in florists, do you? No, I've I looked around. I've tried to buy some different times, but um, nobody seems to have them or know where to get them. And no. they're very hard to grow because as a kid I thought, oh, this is a cash crop, I'll put some in <laughs> down the back. <laughs> but I could never, ever get them to take. Well, there's an answer to that, isn't there? <laughs> Don't cut them, yeah. But even Christmas bushes are hard to buy. And you, then when you think about it, if you go up, say, Nelson's Bay Way, there's Christmas bush everywhere up there in flower. Yeah, they um, really seem to like the sand. Yes, um, they do. Last year and this year seem to be really good years for them. They're really colourful. They're very red this year, I've noticed myself. Just yeah. local ones growing around the suburbs, and uh, but, yeah, but really? no Christmas bells, Bobby. I'm sorry, so <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't yeah, even exactly. tell you where to go and steal them. Well, um, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'll I'll make some inquiries for you for next year. How's that? Okay, that'd be great. But, you know, if you could, um, are they a bulb or are they just a grass or? No, no, no. They are a, a what we call a corm. Right. Okay, so the corm multiplies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So perhaps when you've been up there with your uncle, was it your uncle? Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, yeah. well, perhaps you've been actually cutting off the corms, you see. Yeah, well, I was only in young at the time, just, <laughs> I don't think there was any rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't, that's for sure. But you have a lovely Christmas, and okay. um, I'll do some research into it before next year's program. Okay, that'll be grand. Okay. Okay, Merry Christmas to you, and, and you too, Greg. Cheers, Bobby, Merry Christmas to you. Thank Merry, you very much. Merry Christmas, Bobby.
Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. 49216216. We're Graham from Rutherford. He's got a question about apple cucumbers. Hello, Graham. How are you? Not bad, thanks, Judy. How are you? Oh, you know, last day of work here, so... Last day of work? Yeah, yeah. last day of work. Probably yeah. go home and have a wine or two. <laughs> I, I keep asking Greg, but he wants to stay here in the studio for some Does reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the um, matter with your apple cucumbers? I've got apple cucumber vines thriving, but no fruit. No fruit. Okay, rightio. Uh, so have you tried using sulphate of potash? Yeah, I use potash on them, yeah. Right, right, and no result. No result. No uh, result. Flowers, flowers everywhere, and the vines are just thriving, but there's no fruit. Are we seeing any bees at all? No. Ah, right, okay. It's a bit of a problem used, at the I used moment. to have a good crop of tomatoes once upon a, like, like last year too, but um, I've got no, no tomatoes this year. Yeah, look... I think it is, we've had a lot of calls about, you know, f things not fruiting, but I think that is the answer, uh, that we're not, you know, unfortunately the bees have all been uh, treated by the government, haven't they? So, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, yeah. the only other thing you could do is um, you can buy native bees, you know, through the... Um, uh, the um, uh, botanical gardens... Mm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So maybe ring the bot botanical gardens and yep. see if they've got any for sale. And, uh, you know, it's not against the law to have the native bees, but they will do the same thing. They, they will definitely, uh, you know, go from flower to flower. And, uh, yeah. uh, and they're probably beautiful to have in the garden anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't know whether, you know, there's a male or female that you had to... No, 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 not at all. Yeah. No. no so, um, but you could go, you know, so have you got flowers on? Yeah, got flowers on, yeah. Well, why don't you try and cross-pollinate them yourself? Yeah. Yeah, you know, just get, go out late in the afternoon or early, early in the morning. Uh, yeah. And then just try and, you know cut off a flower and go and, and see how good you are at cross-pollinating. All right, are then. Yeah. yeah. And let us know how you go, Graham. Yeah, so that, that's like rubbing one flower onto another one, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, because I wasn't sure whether it's a male or female with um, apple cucumber, but well, the vines are just thriving. Yeah, no, look, there's there's no... Well, there probably is a male or female, but when you've got that many flowers, uh, I'd be just inclined to uh, try and cross-pollinate them yourself. Right, I think. So up yeah. till now, they've been dependent on the bees. Yeah, right, I think. OK. Thanks, thanks very much, Judy. And you have a lovely Christmas, Graham. Yeah, same to you. Bye. Yep. Bye. We've got Ross from Tenilba Bay. And he wants to know the best time to water the lawn in hot weather. Oh, hi, Ross. How are you? Not too bad, Judy. How are you? Oh, I'm <laughs> fighting fit today. <laughs> I'm glad someone is. <laughs> well, you've got to keep on top of it, haven't you, Ross? Otherwise, life kind of drifts by, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And but have you uh, got a problem with your lawn? Isn't, isn't it working properly? No, it, it, it seems to be working, but... 
I was not only my lawn, but mainly my flower gardens. Um, so I've got one garden that's dedicated to hellebores. Right. Uh, I've got another one that's got roses in it and a couple of odd strawberry patches. And ro- and um, I'm just wondering whether it, it's best when it looks like it's going to be an extremely hot day to water them in the early in the morning or late in the afternoon. Um, the, the, the plants and, the, and, again, the grass is going to get the most benefit out of it. Right, OK. Well, uh, in my case, I always water in the morning. Yeah. Um, and uh, nursery-wise, we always watered in the morning when we got there and then late in the afternoon because mm-hmm. uh, to keep them watered overnight. Yeah. And as far as I know, there are no water restrictions on at this point in time. Not at the moment. The mm-hmm. council or Hunter Water have been talking about it, that if the water level keeps dropping, um, we w- will be possibly up against water restrictions. Right, OK. I do have... I do have a spear point installed, which makes it a little bit easier. I can draw on that at any time. Um, But as I said, I just wasn't sure. I didn't want to be throwing water out um, at the wrong time of the day where the plants and the lawn and everything weren't going to get the proper benefit out of it. Yeah, no, definitely not in the middle of the day. Early morning to give them a boost and then late in the afternoon, you know, to make them feel happy after the heat. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, there are things you can do like, say you mentioned roses. Well, Mm. roses are quite happy when they don't have a lot of water. They're survivors. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I noticed that with mine. So you could save your water if you wanted to, say, on the roses and... um, uh, use it on other parts of your garden, like your strawberries. Yeah. Well, it's even, I've noticed, the hellebores. Oh, and the hellebores, they would like the water. Yeah, but they don't seem to suffer the same as what some of the other plants I've got. Yeah, but, you know, they're, they're really um, uh, very indicative to Victoria, the hellebores. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, because that's where my wife got most of them. Right, right. From, so... a, from a brother-in-law, or her brother, rather, in um, Bonnie Doon. Oh, oh Bonnie Doon. Yeah. Oh, I used to drive through there in the truck with Scott to go and buy plants down in Victoria, and we always mm. took the back road. We didn't stay on the highway. And every time we went through Bonnie Doon, it reminded me of that movie. The castle. The castle. <laughs> and Bonnie Doon, have you been there? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really attractive place. Yeah, we've actually been to the house. Oh, have you? Right. Where the actual movie was based on. Right. Well, we um, never... we When we started... Uh, Scott doesn't stop driving, trust me. He wouldn't stop to let me have a look at a house, that's for sure. 
But um, it always fascinates me and people laugh when I say, oh, no, we've just driven through Bonnie Doon. They think you're kidding. (laughs) But that was the back road into the Yarra Valley. Yeah, yeah, no, my brother-in-law's got a small property down there of about 30 acres and we used to go down once a year for a week, just the boys only. Oh. And... (laughs) We'd have, we'd have a ball down there. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> but he was he was eleven yeah, eleven kilometres off the main road. You had to turn just before you got up got to go over the bridge. Over the bridge. Now does that fascinate you? Oh look, we're getting off gardening here. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Greg. <laughs> um but that bridge always fascinated Scott and I. Uh if you haven't been down there, you wouldn't understand, Greg. Uh, it's this massive high bridge, and mostly there's no water going under it. Mm. Oh, no, I've seen... I've hey, seen I'll... it, you know, after they've had heavy rain, but yeah. the majority of times you drive across the bridge and you go, oh, OK, no water in it. Yeah, it's only a little trickle going down the centre. Yeah, that's all there is, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, anyway, back to your problem. So, yeah. no, no, I'll take note of that, and um, I'll turn the sprinklers on first thing of the morning and late in the afternoon. And then late in the afternoon. Okay, thank you very thank much you. for the call. No, thank you, Judy, and you have a wonderful Christmas. And I hope you do too. And I hope we don't get smacked over the fingers for talking about Bonnie <laughs> Doon too long. <laughs> oh, hey, there's places there that. You know, I doubt whether you've ever been to, you know, around there if your husband wouldn't stop, if Scott wouldn't stop. Oh, no, Scott, no, he doesn't stop once he starts driving that truck, no. Okay, dear, you have a lovely Christmas. Same to you. Thanks, Judy. Bye. We've got Amanda from Bulga, and she wants to know if she can plant plant pears on her property. Afternoon, Amanda. Hello, Amanda. It's actually... um, you're wanting to plant Manchurian pears, aren't you, which don't fruit? Yes. Yeah, right. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, so I was just wondering what, well, there, I guess, two questions. Um, my husband and I went to have a look um, yesterday in the nursery and there were all varieties of, I guess, ornamental pears and what's the best time to plant them? Well, unfortunately, now we're getting this heat, I, I tend to think you're better to plant at the beginning of spring, just as they start to get leaf on them. Okay. I'd, I'd be a little bit wary planting now. We've got the hot weather. Um, okay. You could buy them and leave them in the pots or even pot them up into a bigger size pot so you're ready after next winter to, to get them in the ground. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, okay. um, I think you'd be taking a chance, so... Have you bought them yet? No, we didn't. They, the ones we found yesterday, there was a few different varieties and we weren't really sure what to do with like with them all. So, And I said to him yesterday, I think it might be a bit too hot at the moment. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I thought I'll just give you a call and ask your advice. Yeah, no. If you do tend to be tempted to buy them, as I said, maybe put them in a bigger pot and keep the water up to them and plant them in the ground now at the end of next winter. Okay, and are there any differences in all the ornamental pears? Or no, the Manchur, they're, they're all pretty much similar. Okay. Yeah, 
right. But the Lovely. Manchurian Thank pear is much. easy to grow. It's easy to grow. Yeah, well, I travel out west a bit for work and I've noticed uh, ladies put, I think there's possibly eight or ten, um, the entry into her property. She planted them a year or so ago and they're, they're looking absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I love them. So, and, and surprisingly, yeah, no... you do see a lot around Merriweather now. And I oh, would have okay. thought the right. salt and Merriweather would knock them around, but no, they're happy as Larry. Happy. All right. Well, that's yep. terrific. I'll pass that on. Thanks okay. so much. You're welcome, dear. Have okay. a lovely Chrissy. See you. And same to you. Thank you. Bye. We've got Karen from Mataro, and she's got a question about Tibichinas. Hello. How are you, Karen? I'm well, Judy. How are you? Oh, look, end of the end of the year, happy as Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you're happier than my Tibichina is. Now, what's the matter with your Tibichina? They're so easy to grow. Well, I, I believe that. I have a, a garden under the front bedroom of the house. It's a weatherboard house, but it faces due west. And I went to a nursery and took photos and showed the horticulturist where it was going and said, I'm due west, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, Tibichinas would be able to take the heat. So I bought three and planted them. And within sort of a fortnight, the one closest to the... Um, corner of the house where the morning sun swings round before it comes afternoon sun, it was starting to look very sad. And about three weeks after I put it in, which is now about two weeks ago, I went back to the nursery and showed him photos and they suggested I spray them with nitrosol in water um, once a fortnight because he said it doesn't look like it's getting enough water. So I did that, and I also noticed that when you hosed that garden, the water wasn't running, wasn't absorbing. It was running off. So I dug in a few bags of cow manure and um, mushroom compost, and now the water just slurps down, so it should be getting through to the roots. But it's completely dead. The middle one is starting to look sad, and even the other one's not happy. So I don't know if, if it's just too hot for them or what I should do. No, Karen, they will take the heat. They're actually being formulated originally at Alstonville. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, up there's often a lot hotter than we get, of course. But um, I'm a bit worried that you put cow manure around them um, because that they could have burnt with the heat. Oh, OK. This is the bag um, cow composty stuff. Yeah. Not fresh manure. No, but still. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look, it, whenever you're planting a plant, you always prepare the ground, say, two weeks before. So you would have needed to put that manure in two weeks before you planted them. Oh, there you go. So I think you might have contributed to the problem. Okay. Uh, so well, all you can do, dear, is just keep the water up to them. And the one that's not looking happy... Cut it back a little bit and st see if it's still green. Okay. But, All right, and then I'll just replace the one that's dead. Well, it might, is, it, is it dead? You know, have you uh, cut it back and checked it? It's dead and definitely gone to heaven. Oh, has it? It's <laughs> <laughs> completely dead. Well, now, don't forget you've got all that manure and stuff in there, so yeah. when you plant okay. the new one, uh, make right. sure that's dug in well yes. and keep the water up to it. But... Tibichinas honestly should grow anywhere, I'm sorry. 
okay, well, I'll persevere with the other two and then replant in a week or so. That's a good idea. Maybe it's going to uh, cool off a bit anyway. Okay, thanks for your time, Judy. Have a good Christmas. And you too, Karen, and thank you very much for the call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. It's Guarding Talk back on 2 and you are FM. And we've got Neil from Tarrowburn. He might have an answer to that galah problem we had a little bit earlier. Oh, that'd be great, Neil. What's the answer? Hi, well, firstly, good afternoon. But I think you'll find that the gentleman has onion weed or nut grass or what you're going to call it. And I've actually seen more so corellas than galahs totally decimate lawns because they dig in and they rip the whole lot up and eat it. Yeah, the, but um, the little bulbs, little bulbs on the bottom. Yeah, but Neil, his 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 turf seemed to be pretty clean. Yeah, well, mowing it every four or five days, you wouldn't really get much growth coming up. No, but, uh, no. He, he said he's not been there for too long. No, but like I say, I've seen them actually all good lawns to pieces when there's a bit of onion weed that there. Right. Okay. Well, I tell you what, uh, that might be a blessing if you've got onion weed, mightn't it? But I don't well, think so because I think his lawn was fairly recently uh, laid. Yep. But anyway, that's uh, like, thank uh, you very the, much uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, Seen the parrots into the in doing that pulling lawns to pieces. Yeah. Well. Okay. He'll be still listening, Neil. So he'll probably go out now and see if he's got. He might not realise he's got under onion weed. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's that's pretty much what they'll be after. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Thank you for the call, Neil. Okay, thank you, guys. Bye thank now. you, bye. Cheers, thank you, Neil. We've got Stephen now from Mulberry, and he's got mole crickets eating his lawn. Oh, okay, Stephen, mole crickets. Hello? We've lost Stephen, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've got Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They seem to be having a uh, subterranean Christmas party early. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I did from last night. Put soapy water on, and the whole batch came out. So, I'd like to see if there was a way of treating them rather than resulting to the Vietnam War technique of Agent Orange. <laughs> no, well, there is. There are products other than Agent Orange. What about <laughs> if you if you used um, uh, what kind of lawn have you got, Stephen? It's a bit of a mix of Kai Kuyu and, uh, and everything else in it at the moment. Right, okay. Look, just um, probably go down to your local nursery and they'll be able to recommend a product, uh, seeing you've got all those different combinations going on. But um, no, we don't use Agent Orange, trust me. <laughs> but what you could use is a product called Carbrol. Oh, I've heard of that, yep. Yep, and uh, the crickets won't like that, trust me. So that, so that was Carveral, was it P-A-R? C-A-R-B-A-R-Y-L. Oh, okay, Carveral, thank yeah, you. Carveral, you're welcome, dear, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Stephen. And last call for the year, we've got Patricia from Morissette, and she's got a straggly New South Wales Christmas bush. Oh, Patricia, what a shame, darling, because they're all looking so great at the moment. Yes, it's looking okay, but it's just straggly, and I was wondering how to make it a bit more bushier. Well, when it finishes flowering, certainly shape it then. Ah, but it's just got like a 
stick up the middle and branches coming off here, there and everywhere. Yeah, so you'll have to wait till the flowering period's over and yeah, then uh, give it a feed up with some blood and bone. Blood and bone, blood okay. And bone. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. You're welcome, but don't cut it back now. Wait till no, it's finished flowering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thanks, okay. Very, Patricia. Bye. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Patricia. Regarding talkback on 2NURFM, Judy Sharp, we're just about out of time for the final episode of the year. Yeah, we are, aren't we? A lot of calls today. A lot of calls. Everyone's getting in before the before the big break. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Trying to get everything sorted. So you'll be back for 2024? Uh, um, yes, yeah. yes. Well, if I'm invited. Well, that makes both of us, doesn't it? <laughs> Judy Sharp, thank you very much for everything this year and hope and, you have a, a fantastic Christmas. And thank you, Greg. And it's been fun working with you, darling. Oh, ta. Really you. good fun. <laughs> Cheers. Judy Sharp, Guarding Tour, back, back again for 2024. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.